This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Ambody. Hope everybody had a safe and fun Memorial Day weekend. Hope it was a little bit better than mine. We were rained out all three days at the beach over the course of the weekend, but got to watch plenty of TV and ate good food with the fam. Also enjoyed the Tiger Phil Peyton and Tom Brady golf match on Sunday. Thought that was terrific, especially the back nine as Tom Brady kind of got things together and made it interesting. But uh, Tiger and Peyton ultimately held on and, and they raised $20 million on Sunday for COVID-19 relief. So really good Memorial Day weekend in my neck of the woods. But again, would have liked to have gotten out to the beach, but hope everybody enjoyed theirs. We've got plenty of things to cover on this edition of the podcast, and we're going to lead off with kind of a new series of topics on the pod. I want to start diving into some of the key position battles for SMU leading up to the 2020 season and share my thoughts, at least how things stand entering the summer. We've also got some roster news to get to, and then I'll also just kind of share some additional tidbits uh, on my conversations with Sonny Dykes and some of the players we've been talking with over the last couple of weeks, and we've been dropping those stories on the site in case you uh, have missed them. But uh, yeah, some things to get to on the team side, and then we'll wrap with some recruiting news as SMU prepares for another big target announcing his college decision. So jumping in, I want to lead off with the position that I think is going to be hardest to replicate the production that it saw a year ago. And that is the Fox position in Kevin Kane's defense. And Pat Nelson played the position last year. He was one of the top sack men in all of college football. At one point, he was number two in the country. At one point, he was number one in the country. Uh, Late in the season, him and Chase Young were kind of duking it out, and then things didn't end up going Pat Nelson's way down the stretch. They, of course, played Navy, which I think played a part in it. Uh, and, and he ends up, I think, just inside the top 10 of overall sacks in the country. But SMU has to replace him in terms of sacks. He was the second leading tackler on the team. He led the team in tackles for loss. He set SMU single-season record for sacks. He had a terrific 2019 campaign. I'm shocked he's still an unrestricted free agent, but that's the NFL. I think when teams get to work guys out in training camp, he'll somehow stick on a roster at some point, but that's another discussion for another day. I spoke with Cameron Jones for a story just kind of on his rehab, on his position change and all of that, and came away with some good nuggets. And I've been kind of monitoring this Fox position battle for a while, just talking with different sources and things like that. But Cameron actually had some really good points on it and just kind of gave me a little bit more information in terms of who's involved. And I think it kind of shows that, A, the competition level for this position is going to be pretty fierce. But two, I think all of these players bring something different to the table. So we're going to break this down for you guys. Cameron Jones, a former safety. Trevor Denbo, former safety, one-time linebacker in his first year. 
at SMU, and then uh, Ty DeArmond, who's the Oklahoma transfer, who played safety at OU, now moves up to linebacker. If he can get eligible right away, he's going to be in the mix. And then also they have J.C. Rispress, who's now been on campus for three years, battling it out to replace Pat Nelson. And so Cameron, I think, if healthy, he's coming off a torn ACL, is one of the guys that I've got my eye on the most. And and I think in terms of his athleticism, in terms of his frame, he's got a chance to maybe look the most like Pat in terms of his size and what he could bring to the table. He's got really long arms. If you see some of the pictures of him on Pony Stampede, they almost really hang hang down to his knees. So he's got that length that he could use to be a pass rusher. And then you've got Trevor Denbo, who's played a ton of football for SMU over the last two years since he's been on campus. And quite frankly, probably has the most experience at the position, having played linebacker at one point. He's played in coverage at safety with, I would call it, mixed results. But he's got athleticism. He's got that physicality. I think him and Cameron right now are probably your two best bets in terms of who's got a chance to really battle for the job and, and earn that starting role. And then Ty DeArmond, who SMU's coaching staff just loves as a football player, he played quarterback in high school at Arlington Bowie, he played safety, he played all over. He's just a football player. And so I think that's something that they like about him and his ability to maybe fit in at that position and end up uh, contributing on some level as a uh, what would be a true sophomore if he ended up getting uh, his, um, or excuse me, he'd be a redshirt freshman if he was able to compete right away. He redshirted OU, didn't play a snap, and so then he would be a a, a redshirt freshman uh, taking the field for SMU for the first time in 2020. Again, that's if he's ruled immediately eligible. And then J.C. Rispress, who's played in 17 games over the past two years, and he's got some athleticism, and, and actually Cameron kind of spoke highly of him when talking with me for the story, just saying how, you know, we, we've known each other and, and we, we, we're good friends going back to high school and he's got, you know, plenty of athleticism. So if you haven't checked out our interview with Cameron Jones on Pony Stampede, I, I highly recommend you checking it out, both his Q&A just on his rehab process, how he's adjusted maturity-wise and mentally to SMU, and then we had the follow-up story, which was more breaking down the Fox position like we're doing on this podcast right now. But if if you're Kevin Kane and what you're looking for at this position, it's a tall task. Not only do you have to replace all of the production, but Pat, Pat Nelson was one of the big leaders on this defense and was obviously a huge reason why the, the defense was able to produce the amount of turnovers that it did. Just his pressure, his, his disruption that he caused for the opposing offenses was really important. And so when you look at what they need out of this position, they need somebody that can disrupt. They need somebody that's athletic and can run in coverage and come off the edge and you know make plays in the backfield. And I think if Cameron's able to pack on the weight, that was the big thing that he said that he needed to do. He's going to have a chance to make an impact right away after switching from safety to linebacker. And I think Trevor Denbo's the same. He's kind of got a big frame, so he could kind of bulk up potentially. But I just think it, it, it's Cameron Jones' job to lose if he's healthy. And that's just my guess more than anything, just because of how athletic he is, how I think you saw him kind of come on in spurts at times. 
he just had to get more mature. And I think that was the one takeaway I got from talking with him is that maturity and his improvement in that regard since coming over from Nebraska as a transfer. So I really like Cameron Jones at that spot. I think him and Trevor Denbo, even if they split time and split snaps, would do a really good job. Uh, you, I don't think you're going to see the production that they saw from uh, those two in replicating that to try to replace Pat Nelson, but they're going to give it a shot, and it, it'll just look different. You know, maybe some rotation will will help, and maybe it'll help them play at a higher level and play play faster and all of that. So, um, on another note, we did see some roster attrition over the weekend, kind of leading into the weekend, uh, guys. That, that are no, no longer on the roster, one being Pat Jones, who's a defensive lineman who converted to offensive lineman late in his career. Uh, he's no longer listed on the roster. And then Noah Spears, who was a linebacker converted into a defensive end, he's no longer on the roster. And then Jordan Ward and Miles Duke, also no longer on the roster. And all, all four of them, quite frankly, didn't really do much in their SMU careers. I think Jordan Ward played a, a good amount Uh, early on in his SMU career, and then it just never panned out from there. Uh, A good number of those guys battled some injuries or what have you, never really just got it together. And so that opens four scholarships now at some point for SMU. And and that's key when you look at maybe adding some transfers late, uh, where SMU's done a good job of taking advantage of some spots open late and adding them to the roster as maybe sit-out guys. So you look at maybe a Thomas Schellmeyer, guys like that, where they can put them on scholarship late. Richard McBride was a late ad as a scholarship guy. Uh, Brandon Stevens was as well. So SMU's got a chance to be a little creative with the roster with those additional spots. Now, I want to kind of tease some things that are coming down the pipeline on Pony Stampede from our conversations with some of these players and as well as Sonny Dykes. Uh, I'm taking kind of a deep dive into name, image, and likeness. That's been a big topic this offseason for college football as well as just kind of the whole idea of college players making a little bit of money on the side. That has been a, a huge conversation point uh, over the course of this this spring, this past fall, all of that. And so I got a lot of good things about how maybe how SMU is going to be able to capitalize on being in Dallas and certainly a little bit of their plan, as well as some of the players' takes on what this means for college football. So trying to get that out this week. Look for that on Pony Stampede, as well as more on recruiting Dallas, prioritizing Dallas. I did talk with Eric Sutton and Richard Moore, two Dallas natives, on how they feel about the recent push, especially in the 2021 class, to keep Dallas's top prospects at home. You can look for that on Pony Stampede this week. With that, we're going to take a quick break from the podcast. We'll come back with some key recruiting notes to track over the course of this coming week as uh, SMU continues to build momentum in the 2021 class. We'll be right back with more from the Pony Stampede podcast right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder, guys, to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to the Pony Stampede podcast. Let us know what you'd like to see on the pod, on our review section, wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, 
subscribe to Pony Stampede. We've seen a huge number of podcast listeners as well as just general SME fans jump on the site in the last two weeks. It's again, I'm surprised because while we've still been churning out a lot of work, it's not the time where people normally subscribe. But lo and behold, you guys have been awesome. Over 20 new subscribers in the last two weeks, which at this time of year is pretty awesome for a site like ours. So thank you for doing that. Now, on to some recruiting news as SMU will await Bryce McMorris, the Cypress Bridgeland defensive back, to make his decision on Wednesday at 2 o'clock Central. He announced that he's uh, got his decision ready and he's going to be committing. I've got my crystal ball on SMU. And this is somebody that I think SMU kind of eyes as a corner, somebody that plays safety but can really add that physical edge that SMU is looking for in the cornerback position. So Sonny Dykes really, when talking with us, highlighted Brandon Stevens and what he was been been able to do since being on campus and his edge that he plays with. And I think that's something SMU's plan, putting a, a premium on, quite frankly, is that physical ability. And look, with how many jump balls teams throw from time to time, you have to have a bigger body. You have to have somebody that is going to be able to affect a player's ability to catch the football. And at six foot 170, Bryce McMorris, especially with a year or two with Kaz Gazzotti, could add that that mass where he's going to have that length and that ability to do that. And so if he does commit to SMU on Wednesday, it's a nice add. And he's also teammates with Dylan Goffney, the SMU wide receiver commit, the, one of the top commits of all time in the 24-7 sports era for SMU. So that will really help solidify that commitment as well, I would think, for SMU. So uh, teammate of Dylan Goffney, Bryce McMorris, set to announce Wednesday at 2 p.m. Another prospect that dropped a top eight, yes, we're doing top eights amid the coronavirus pandemic, is Stone Ebby, the Flower Mound defensive end, uh, one of the Top defensive ends in the state of Texas, 6'4", 240, Baylor, Georgia Tech, Iowa State, Purdue, SMU, and others make the cut. Here's what I like about Stone the, the most. Productivity, 78 tackles, 22.5 tackles for loss, 6 sacks. And those tackle, tackles for loss, pay attention to them because that has been one of the key indicators of a successful defensive lineman going from high school to college. Can you disrupt plays? Can you make tackles for loss? It's not as much the sacks. It's those tackles for loss. And 22 and a half is really, really uh, quality production in that regard. And we've seen why he's picked up a lot of Power 5 offers this spring. And he's got some Power, fly, power 5 flavor to his top eight. I think SMU's in a good spot there. I mean, to be honest, there's not an SMU tweet I don't send out about a story or whatever. That doesn't get a like from Stone. And so I know that's kind of a weird thing to read into, but he's been doing that long before he got an offer and he's been to campus a ton. So I think as the dead period drags out and if he wants to make a decision before his senior year, he's one I really like for SMU to pick up in the end. Uh, Stone Ebby, the Flower Mound defensive end. Another one of note, and this is a decommitment that came relatively quickly. Albert Regis out of Laporte, Texas, teammate, not a teammate, but uh, the same high school that produced Austin Upshaw, the SMU quarterback turned wide receiver, not even a month after committing to Minnesota. He decommits. A lot of people think maybe TCU might be the favorite, but our Jeremy Clark on, on Horn Frog Blitz 
uh, says maybe not so fast. So that's something to monitor there. He recently got elevated to four-star status on 24-7 sports. He's a top 247 prospects prospect, 6'1", 295. He's the number 15 defensive, defensive tackle in the country. He's got tons of offers. And really, the thing that we like about him the most is just his motor. I mean, he is really productive in that regard. And he's a 6'1", 295-pounder that has, look, some decent track times with, with an 11 300 meter at that size. That's big time right there. So Albert Regis, one to watch for SMU. They're going to turn the heat up, but I think his recruitment's about to get even bigger than that. So keep him, keep him, keep him in mind, but also he's set to really blow up, I think, especially as programs see him as a senior. Finally, we posted this video on Pony Stampede, but Isaiah and Wilkabia has been putting in plenty of work, whether it be on the DB field, uh, or, or excuse me, on the field with uh, DB coach Flight out there, uh, getting in, getting in some work in the lab, or whether it be in the weight room. Isaiah has been getting ready for that senior year. Uh, if you haven't seen the picture of him and four-star linebacker Kendrick Blackshear and and some of the other guys around the Dallas area, uh, he is really bulked up. I think that's something that we like about him the most is how physically ready to go he is. And for an SMU recruit, we don't see this very often defensively for a player to be ready to go like this. But physically, I think Isaiah and Wilkabia is poised to step in right away and earn playing time. Whether that's at safety, maybe that's at outside linebacker. But he has the size already at six foot, probably about 195 already. If he adds about 10 pounds of muscle over the next year or so, you get him into the weight room with Kaz Kazadi, he's got a chance to really be an impact player as a true freshman on that level. So don't think maybe, you know, all conference, but somebody that can step in right away and produce and play as a true freshman. Remember, he he turned down opportunities from Arizona State, Baylor, Cal, Texas, USC, and others to commit to SMU. If they sign him, watch out. He's got the physical traits that suggest that he could play right away. He's putting in the work. I like what he's doing. And the trend of moving from maybe safety to an outside linebacker and in-the-box safety getting more and more common. And, and Isaiah really fits that mold. So I love the pickup for SMU that they got on May 1st from Isaiah and Wilkabia. We'll see how he develops over the next year. But keep an eye on him as somebody who could make an impact right away for SMU. His latest videos certainly show that. So with that, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of the week. Keep an eye on Pony Stampede 2 o'clock Wednesday for Bryce McMorris' announcement where he's going to play his college ball. We'll check back with you guys after that to tell you what's next, whether Bryce McMorris picks SMU or heads elsewhere.